everybody. Uh, welcome to a new episode of the Podcast of the Galaxy. I am here once again with Jared. Hi, Jared. Hello, everyone. How's it going today? Very good, very good. How are you? Uh, I am good. I exhausted. Just got. I got back from a Yankee game recently, so they lost, <laughs> but it was still a good experience. So I'm happy that I got to see the Yankees play uh, because. It's been a while. Uh, for those of you who don't like know me personally, I'm a big Yankee fan as well. So, yeah, that was a blast. And, uh, yeah, so obviously I'm winding down uh, winding down here, but I am excited to talk uh, what if with you. Uh, but before we do that, how are you, Jared, today? I'm pretty good. I didn't do much today, but um, I did also not enjoy the Yankee game, so... It wasn't as bad as the Orioles yesterday, but... No, it wasn't. Yeah, at least the Blue Jays are a better team. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Yeah, but yeah, hopefully the Yankees can still make the playoffs. But that's not what we're here to talk about today. We are here to talk about uh, the most recent two episodes of What If, uh, episode three and episode four. And I don't know about you, but I definitely thought that these were quite the dark episodes here. They took definitely a dark tone uh, for this What If show. And uh, we're going to talk about both of them today. So similar to uh, what we did before with the Captain Carter episode and the T'Challa episode, uh, we are going to first cover episode three, then we are going to cover episode four, just give our thoughts about both of them. And uh, yeah, we're going to dive right into it. Uh, Let's go to episode three first, Jared. What were your first reactions uh, after this show? Well, this was rumored, um, you know, the Marvel murder mystery, and I and I have to say I really liked it. It was it was a great change of pace, and I think that this is actually in the comics as Fury's big week or something like that. It's actually a comic, yeah, and it's very very cool, like how each of the five days are, you know, a part of the story. And it's like each section is, you know, it's, it's very cool to actually see it portrayed in this way. There are a bunch of small things that were in it. And I think it's a very clever story to actually input into the thing, but it was very dark because we get to see things that we didn't get to see before, like the Hulk dying, Iron Man dying, and all these alternate things that are very, very cool. And when I when I did hear about this episode, or when I did hear it was going to be a Marvel murder mystery, I was imagining like the clue type thing where they're in like a mansion and they're trying to solve a murder. But this was a very, very clever thing to actually go about. And I loved the Loki in it and his, you know, army. He had something from uh his world right the the ice thing i forget what it's called again but there was a lot a lot of good stuff in this episode that i'm very very happy was actually in it but overall i thought it was a good episode but it was very dark and you're right the two that we're talking about today are extremely dark which is i'm definitely not complaining about because it adds something that we haven't really seen that much of in the mcu yeah so I, I thought this episode was really, really interesting. Uh, I, I was not expecting the, the, like when I told you about how it was going to be like a murder mystery type thing, I wasn't even expecting it to be as dark as it actually was. 
like you know with all, all the avengers being framed with the like how they reacted to being framed it was and all the avengers dying again so because i i mean i didn't really know what to expect i didn't know if it was going to be like one hero two turns out it was the whole team or the whole original team so and like they even touched on the fact that you know hulk can't usually die but he did in this episode and you know it's definitely definitely took a darker tone here uh from the very beginning to iron man uh dying to the very end uh where it deals with uh similar to episode four and this is why you know these two episodes take a darker tone dealing with loss and uh, tragedy and basically recreating a character that used to that used to be a good guy for the comics into this villain who kills all the avengers and we're going to talk about that in a minute by the way uh but yeah i I definitely thought it was dark i did at the same time think it was entertaining uh wondering who was going to be was heavily intriguing and seeing like you know black widow and uh the hulk in action was cool in that scene uh with uh the tanks that was cool. I, I I was happy that Betty, that uh, Ross got to return. I think that, you know, we have a seen her since Incredible Hulk, and to see that character return, that, that was a cool uh, moment. Uh, and it'll be interesting to see if we see her again down the road. I thought that that was cool. Uh, and, you know, her dealing with the loss of Bruce, that was, the, I, I think that that was a very smart thing to add into there. And, uh, yeah, I think that it was just a really cool episode with a lot of definitely dark and uh, cool moments. So, But I'm going to go over now to what I was just hinting at before. Uh, how, how did you like the villain twist? And how did you like uh, the reveal of the murder? Well, I, I actually really like the villain. And, and I think it could and the most interesting thing and i is i think it's feasible like that could have most definitely happened if janet and hope both died and he was and hank was just driven to madness instead of you know trying to do good in the world i think it was a great kind of villain twist and i i think i figured it out oh i don't know what i figured out i think i figured it out a little bit before they showed the log in for hope on the computer and then she fought uh and then natasha fought uh hank it was but i think it was very cool how he used the the yellow jacket suit and just how he kind of it was just showed what could have actually happened because obviously he cherished his family so much and having them both die on marvel missions kind of just drove him to insanity but again, and I love the how they defeated him with Loki impersonating Nick Fury. That was awesome. And it, it was just altogether a great villain. And I think they made a good choice with how to actually portray him in that. I think, and I also think that all the actors did a great job of making it emotional, even though it's in only 30 minutes of time. But I just think that it was, I wouldn't say it's the best, but it was definitely not the worst. I think the villain choice was great. And I think it really shows that 
Hank is a little unstable, and he cherishes his family a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I love this twist as well. I... I, I do agree that I saw this coming at around the same time that it was discovered that it had something to do with hope. Uh, and once I heard about hope, it started clicking and I'm like, Oh, so that's how, uh, because he was able to turn small and uh, kill all the Avengers. So obviously I, I things started clicking in my mind regarding making those connections. I loved it. I, as I just said, I think that, you know, with him dealing with a loss, that doesn't take place in the sacred timeline, but like in this timeline, uh, it, this tragic accident happening or moment happening obviously turns into the dark side. And I love that. And this is what I wanted to see with what if these different possibilities that lead characters down different paths. And I thought that this was a perfect example of Hank Pym going mad and killing all of the Avengers. So I think that it was. He, he was truly uh, recreated, and I definitely like that. Um, it, it's de- he definitely had this dark tone to him, and yeah, it, it made for some enter- it made for an entertaining uh, final battle between Nick Fury and Loki, as you said at the end. Uh, Hank Pym. Not to mention, I love the suit too. Uh, I, f- I forgot to mention that I, this suit, like the wasp an Ant-Man type suit, suit that he had. That was also incredible. Uh, I thought that that was a great suit that he had. And yeah, I loved it. I loved everything about the uh, reveal of this character here and the reveal of the murder of who killed the Avengers. So yeah, do you have anything else to add before I move on? Um, yeah, I would just like to say that it was... I agree with you that it was really, really cool how they used the yellow jacket suit, uh, which we have, which we were already very familiarized with. I think that was a great choice to not just use like an Ant-Man suit and actually use something that we've already associated as a villain. Yes. Yeah, so I, I don't, you, thank you for correcting me on that. I don't know why I said wasp yellow jacket suit. That is, yeah. Thank you for making that change for me there. Yeah. So that combination of yellow jacket and that Ant-Man touch suit. Yeah, I thought that was great. So, yeah, I think that, you know, just to sum up here before we move on to uh, the second, the uh, fourth episode here, you know, I loved, and I forgot to mention that, you know, I loved Loki, the character Loki in this. Uh, I loved how the act, a lot of the actors returned uh, because you you did have Mark Ruffalo return to reprise his role. Uh, Samuel L. Jackson was there. You had Jeremy Renner, so that was cool. You also, I, I mean, Chris Hemsworth is going to be in another episode later on, So, but I think that he was partially uh, vo- voicing Thor in this one. I don't think Thor had many lines, but I still think he's definitely involved in the show. So seeing all those original, uh, and Tom Hiddleston as Loki, seeing all those original actors return. Uh, also, Clark Gregg, I noticed that Clark Gregg, uh, Greg voicing AJ Coulson, he returned. So it was cool to see uh, Coulson back too. So yeah, all of those, all of those characters and those actors returning, I, I truly enjoyed. And I, I know that you know, uh, I watched on Scarlett Johansson did it voice uh, Black Widow in this, and Brie Larson did it return to voice Captain Marvel in that ending scene there. But uh, regardless, I still think that. 
the characters and actors that did return in this made for uh, a much more entertaining show. So, uh, yeah, that basically sums up most of episode three for me. Uh, do you, but do you have anything else to add, Jed? Um, yeah. What, what I wanted to point out is that I think that I think that it was they took obviously it was um, Mark Ruffalo. Like it looked like Mark Ruffalo in human form. But I think they took some of the visuals of Edward Norton and like some of his hair. It was very cool how they kind of blended Mark Ruffalo and Edward Norton together to make this kind of combination of the two to really bring back some of that. I know they didn't take exactly Mark Ruffalo. That was a really cool detail that I noticed. Uh, and actually, no, my dad noticed that uh, is that is not actually completely Mark Ruffalo. I thought it was very, very, a very, very clever thing to actually do. Yeah, actually, you know what? Thanks for bringing that up because that's another thing that could be discussed here. Uh, I think you're right. And uh, it was more of a sign from, and th- it also shows because yeah, I was talking about how uh, Betty Ross returned into this, uh, returned in the show. I thought, you know, it did have signs of Incredible Hulk in this, and the original Incredible Hulk. And I think that you're right that it did take more out of the Incredible Hulk playbook and more of the look of the Incredible Hulk from the way, way back and Edward Norton's character. So I think you're right. And I think he, that was a great connection you just made there. And it was like a because obviously it was still Mark Ruffalo's voice, but you kind of mix the two together. So I 100% agree with you there. So. That was I, I love that connection you just made. So, uh, any other final things? Uh, no, I think I think that is it. Yeah, and as I said before, before we move on, it does. Uh, I I do hope to see uh, Hulk, the Incredible Hulk story, uh, continued on in live action, and with the inclusion of uh, Betty Ross here, it kind of made it kind of gave me hope for. Uh, more of the more storylines to be plucked from Incredible Hulk and with Abomination obviously returning in Shang-Chi uh, yeah so it definitely uh, Incredible Hulk is definitely being acknowledged now more than it used to before so uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see where we go from there so yeah we're going to talk about episode 4 next which when we talk about Dark Hulk one was this one was definitely dark. Uh, like we're talking, like I, I definitely was not expecting half of what we would get because I, I know that we were going with the Doctor Strange versus, you know, Sorcerer Supreme, the Supreme Doctor Strange, uh, and we're not, or whatnot. But I definitely was not expecting how we got to the point. So, Jared, what are you? What are your first reactions to this? Well, for me. This was the best episode so far, by far. I loved this episode. My mom and dad both hated this episode because it was so dark. But this was a one of the rare cases where no one won. It was just a complete loss. And the decision that was made sent the universe and cascaded it in complete darkness. But the emotional part of it and just the visuals of it were so beautiful. And just kind of everything that went along with it and how in one life he, you know, he moved on and noticed that what he did was 
wrong or, you know, he couldn't bring her back. But in one life, he just obsessed for centuries and centuries to finally get to where he was. But overall, I, I, it was just so amazing. And I loved, there were, there were so many small things in it that were, you know, big for just me and the visuals and stuff like that. Like, for example, when the ancient one shot a beam of light to split him in half, split the two realities, there was a, a freeze frame in the middle where it was just a line down the middle kind of representing that split off, which was, it was, it was a lot of cool stuff like that. And then obviously we had the first reoccurring thing, which was the tentacled monster in uh, episode one and episode four. And apparently that is a new God that might appear in multiverse of madness. That's, that's what I've heard. That's what I read. But I, I, we will probably see that more just based on the fact that we saw it twice already in this series. So, yeah, I, I do want to touch on that because that kind of goes to what I was to my big theory that I have going that I'm working on right now. And I'll touch on that later. Uh, yeah. But the, as I said before, this was a dark episode. Seeing uh, Dr. Strange lose his love, Christine Palmer, over and over and over again. Him going back in time, which is a terrible decision, and as we learn uh, throughout the show. But him continuing to go back and realize that it's basically her fate to die, and for her to com- continuously, you know, get involved in these accidents and unfortunately losing her life in the process, it was heartbreaking. And honestly, it's. It was devastating for the, and I'm sure it was devastating for the uh, viewers as well. Uh, and you know, because there, there's a lot of people love this Doctor Strange story uh, in the Sacred Timeline and in the show in general throughout the whole MCU. Uh, it doesn't matter. People are in love with Doctor Strange as a character, and not everybody, but some people really are. And seeing the his relationship you know, with uh, Christine Palmer shatter like that, the relationship that we got to know uh, well in the first Doctor Strange movie, you know, it's, it's sad. And it definitely provided the, provided the necessary dark turn for Doctor Strange in this. And I feel like him basically using powers that he learned through books at, at uh, the library of, uh, Castronoso, is that what it's called again? Castronoso, Jared? Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I I don't actually remember. I think it's... It, it was... Oh, it, oh, like, uh, shoot. I, I completely forget. Yeah, uh, it, the library? Yeah, the it, um, doesn't, it doesn't matter. The So, the, uh, obviously, through reading the books at the library there, uh, he was able to harness dark power and basically consume like evil creatures inside of him, including that tentacle monster, which we are still going to talk about. But yeah, I think that it was obviously very dark and seeing him versus Dr. Strange at the end, the be- the scenery in that were- was amazing. The visuals were great. Uh, him, be- him uh, split, basically destroying his own reality uh, to save something, to attempt to save something that did not work, did not work out well for him. Obviously, 
uh, obviously a new tone on on Doctor Strange character. So I want to. So with that being said, I want to turn. I basically do want to turn your attention to the ending, Jared, because I do want your thoughts on that. Uh, what did you think about the ending and how? Because it it did resonate. It, it was very powerful, and yeah, I just want to get your thoughts on uh, what how you felt about it. Well, I think that one thing that's very interesting that I heard online is that every episode we have seen more and more of the Watcher's body, and obviously in this episode we got you know we throughout the entire episode he started to notice the Watcher. He heard him narrating when he was sucking up all the monsters. And then at the end, he cried out to him for help. And I think his name is Uto- Utua. That, I, I apologize if it's incorrect. Yeah. But he is, obviously, he is a um, omniscient being. But it showed that he is so dedicated to being a watcher, not a doer. And he begged for help, and he just said no, and he went back out into what we know is that shadow of Utua. I just, I really, really love that scene, and I think that we are going to see him become more and more engorged in our in the show as the show goes on. So at the end, maybe he will take part in something, but I do think that this shows a huge step in the show and what's actually going on but then obviously the ending also aside from the watcher was so incredibly sad with with him breaking the uh, absolute point in time and then just him losing uh dr palmer that was that was just so awful and then just him being trapped inside that ball with the black goo conforming everything around him that was an awful ending but also an awesome ending and i and i'm glad they showed the part where not all universes magically work out some of them are doomed to be eternally in darkness but i would love your input on the washer situation yeah so first of all i think that the i i did i just want to say that I, I do think the Watcher is interfering. Uh, I'm sure that Ultron's going to do something whack that inv- with the stones that involves him to interfere towards the very end. Uh, regarding this episode, though, I do love the fact that he definitely had more of a role to play. And I do love how he can now be heard by other characters uh, to which he is narrating to and narrating uh, about. And I think that it that will have an impact and him continuing uh, to have these conversations about interference with other characters will have a lasting impact on the show. Uh, I think that, you know, him walking away from the final scene is also like very, like not necessarily something like honestly quite because it's basically, it's basically the prophecy where it can't interfere. So I think that that was very powerful a very powerful and kind of depressing moment seeing him walk away from uh, something that Dr. Strange tore apart. So I thought that the Watcher's inclusion in this was great. And as I said before, I think that you're definitely going to see him 
in a more advanced roles going forward. And I do think you're going to see him interfere, probably, if you are my guess, towards the main battle with uh, Ultron and the Infinity Stones, because that's obviously a huge threat and something worth uh, interfering for. Uh, because with the Infinity Stones, he can probably uh, do more damage to multiple realities. I feel like that could be the direction that we're going with here. So, yeah, that's just my guess regarding interference for the Watcher. And, uh, yeah, regarding the ending between uh, Doctor Strange and Christine Palmer, I thought that it was incredibly, yeah, incredibly sad. But as you said before, Epic at the same time, uh, seeing his reality, like, you know, disappear and it being only him and Dr. Palmer in this bubble uh, with her disappearing, that's, that's obviously devastating. And I feel like it's definitely going to have it's it could it might have ramifications on multiverse of madness. And I'm going to talk all about this uh, in, in a matter of moments here. But I feel like, you know, this story uh, with Supreme Doctor Strange is not over. And I feel like we are definitely going to see more of this. Uh, I could be wrong, but we will see. But as I said, I thought that it was very powerful and and a very tragic ending uh, with Dr. Supreme Strange being the only one in his, his reality left and everybody just, redu- in the words of Thanos, reduced to atoms. So, uh, yeah, do you have anything else to add to that? Well, I, I wanted to ask you a question about absolute points. Do you think that Thanos was an absolute point in Earth 616 or like our the MC no, sorry not Earth 616 I think it's 1066 or something the Mar- the MCU universe because even though they were able to reverse the snap it still had lasting consequences so do you think that he is an absolute point that's a that's a that's a very good question uh, I it's I would say pro- probably Although, I don't know, because, I mean, obviously, the Avengers tried to go back and reverse this. Uh, so, actually, you know what? I, I might have to say maybe not. Because the fact that, you know, they were able to reverse this. Uh, and they're, because if we're going based off the definition of the absolute points from the Doctor Strange episode here, uh, Doctor Strange obviously broke the absolute point here in time with Dr. Palmer and obviously his reality shattered. I feel like if the Avengers were, I mean, if the Avengers traveled back in time and they did, and if this were an absolute point, I feel like this reality would have crumbled. So I'm going to take a guess and say, no, Thanos was not an absolute point. What do you think about that? Well, I would. Well, I already argued the other way. I would say yeah. that he was at least the snap was a, an absolute point because the snap still happened, but they were just able to reverse it. Yeah, and but the I'm just going off of probably no because of the fact that with them reversing it, that there were like well, I mean. Yeah, you bring up a good point, and that's obviously we could we could con- continue this conversation f- in another time here. But just to sum up, I think that you 
I, I don't know if this were to be an absolute point in time. I, I don't know if this would have gone the way that the Avengers would have wanted. And based, all signs point to it going the way they would have wanted. So, yeah. I, 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 yeah, I guess that I'm going to go with no right now. But that was a good question, Jared. And it's worth thinking about uh, further down the line. So, uh, reg- and is there anything else big- before I hop into my little theory here? Uh, is there anything else you want to add? No, no. Uh, I'm excited to hear your theory. So, yeah, I think that I was definitely so I and I know that a lot of this theory is basically my own. I did not. I just I literally was talking to my mom with this immediately after I watched the episode. Uh, so I'm not just going to, I, but the only thing I'll take credit for off the internet is saying that this probably ties into multiverse of madness because I was reading that before. Um, but regarding like my own theory that I created, uh, this, this, I w- I want to say this 100% had tons of foreshadowing going on. And I definitely think it has connections to what you're going to see in the Multiverse of Madness. So, you know, we have Wanda Maximoff as Scarlet Witch coming in here. You have uh, Doctor Strange, obviously, because it's called Doctor Strange and Multiverse of Madness. Uh, in this episode of What If, you, you had uh, Doctor Strange use books at that library, uh, which I'll have to discover the name of later, I definitely know it was similar to what I said, just Castro Nosto or something like that. But regardless, you, you saw him using these books that allowed him to explore the dark arts. Uh, we have already seen something similar to that in WandaVision, where Scarlet Witch uses the dark hold to learn dark arts and to obviously use it to master the power of dark arts. Now, in the What If episode, we obviously saw Doctor Strange versus himself, Supreme Strange. And as I think that that was obviously that was a great battle. But I think that battle is gonna be very is gonna be very similar to Doctor Strange versus Wanda. Because you know, uh Doctor Strange in in, in What If lost something that he, he loves. I lost somebody that he loved dearly and tried to continuously go back for, and it just did not work. Uh, in WandaVision, Wanda did the same thing. Wanda lost, Wanda lost her kids, and even though she hasn't continuously gone back and tried to find them, you know, you, you know, Wanda lost her husband. Wanda lost her kids. Uh, Wanda has already tried to recreate her husband. And obviously, when he disappeared, he had, he, I mean, Wanda had to lose him again after the first three times. So, as that drives, as the same concept drives Dr. Strange mad in what episode four, this also drives, this matter also drives Wanda mad. And knowing that, you know, there's a multiverse now. This is obviously the multiverse is obviously on Wanda's could find her kids because we saw at the end credits of WandaVision where uh, the she could hear her kids in the background after you explain the dark hold. That dark hold is going to guide her through how to find her kids. 
and it's going to drive her mad because it's it's pretty much the direction we're going for in Multiverse of Madness. And I just think that there are shades of this in episode four where, you know, if she does this, she could destroy her own reality. That's why Doctor Strange is going to stop try to stop her. And that's why we're going to get the theme of Doctor Strange versus Wanda a lot in this. And, yeah, I, I just feel like it's going to be heavy shades of episode four here. And I feel like that's the tie-in to Multiverse of Madness. And it's kind of foreshadowing of what the story is going to look like in Multiverse of Madness. So that's my theory. Uh, Joe, what do you think about what I just said? Well, I think that your foreshadowing theory is pretty good. Also, I think it's Cagliostro. Cagliostro, okay. It, it, it might be that. Um, you might I, be right. I think that's a good theory. I didn't really come up with any theories from this from this episode, but I I have heard that um, I have heard the theory that it will connect to what if, um, or sorry, not what if. Of course, it connects to what if. Uh, Multiverse of Madness. I have heard that, and I think that your theory as well is very valid. But the theory about it connecting to Multiverse of Madness, if it does, that's huge. And if if that continues to happen, I think that we'll see a lot more connections start to actually come up from what if to future projects. I think we will see a lot more things set in than just these being their own things. And we might have a lot of effect on many series. Yeah. And I, I also, I, I did promise that I'd give my insight regarding that uh, squid and tentacle like monster uh, that we have seen for the second time here. So it, it could have some. So I remember saying when we previewed the show that the long rumored, one of the long rumored villains in this is a creature called Shuma Gorath or Shuma Gorath. I don't know exactly how to pronounce it. It's basically this one eyed creature that has and like a conqueror of the multiverse and once miss america's powers uh, one of the superheroes that's going to be introduced in multiverse and madness so that shuma gorath can conquer the multiverse uh this creature that we have been discussing uh with with the creature with this tentacle tentacled creature showing up in both the Captain Carter episode and the Doctor Strange episode. It's definitely interesting that it is the creature that has been explored the most. And perhaps it could be Shuma Gorath. I, I don't know if it could will be, but when we talk about connections to Multiverse of Madness, this could definitely be one. Uh, and I definitely find it interesting that we have already seen it twice in the show and could potentially see it more. And because obviously Dr. Strange was hinting that it, obviously this was a hard creature to defeat. He had to consume many different dark, dark creatures to, in order to conquer this. So I definitely feel like that character couldn't be uh, brought in as you may wrath in multiverse of madness. I don't know if that's the case. I'm not, I'm not going to be fully invested in this theory, but I definitely had thoughts. Th- ha ha, I had thoughts uh, swirling through my head about that potentially be 
being Shima Grath. So what do you think about that? Well, I actually think you missed a few things that actually okay. validate that theory. First of all, I agree. Sumagorath is an elder god that is one-eyed and it's tentacled. And I have seen that uh, theory elsewhere where, you know, that could come into play in uh, Multiverse of Madness. But also, he did not defeat what I assumed to be Shumagorath. He only cut off its limbs. Okay, that's true. You really can't tell. He only cut off his limbs and sucked it up. We could have been seeing one half of that creature, one third of that creature. We can't really tell. But all we do know is that it's extremely powerful. And it is most likely an Elder God. Um, And I think it is one of the ones that the trio of gods that Doctor Strange kind of worships, which Agamotto is part of that, kind of defends the Earth from. I forget what the sign is on their uh, temple. I, I completely forget what it's called, but it's a trio of gods, new gods, um, that is defending from an elder god such as Shumagorath. But I do agree that it is probably Shumagorath that is there, and I love that theory that he Shumagorath will come into the multiverse of Magus. And I think that it very well could. Because we're going to need a lot of powerful beings in Multiverse of Madness, and that will definitely deliver. Yeah, so if if only they showed the eye shot. And who knows, maybe that's why they're not showing the eye. Because uh, if we do see the eye, then we can make the proper uh, guess and the proper uh, as, uh, pred- pr- probability that it is... Uh, Shumagrath, but for now I, I don't know what to think. I hope it's Shumagrath. Like I said, I'm not going to be 100% invest, 100% invested in this series. Uh, but I, I am hopeful that it could be. And that's that's one of the biggest items to multiverse. So uh, other than that, I think we've done most of everything in these two shows. Uh, Jared, before we... Uh, start to wrap things up here do you have any other final words um no i would just say that we will probably see a lot of correlation between what if and other projects and i did not expect this at all i think that this series will have a lot of effect i thought this series was just going to be kind of a i i wouldn't say a throwaway but a just kind of a fun project that Marvel would work on, just you know, kind of give the fans some fan service. But I think that they are working to incorporate it into the MCU in a really large way, C- considering the fact that Multiverse of Madness is coming up, and so many, and we've already had something that crosses over between two series. Maybe it was just a coincidence, but I don't believe so. I don't believe that they would put such a large coincidence in. And I think that we're going to see a lot of correlation between this series and the entirety of the MCU. Well, yeah. uh, One more thing to mention, obviously. Uh, I do think that regardless of whether or not my theory is true, we definitely saw some shades in this uh, of Multiverse and Mattis and what's going to happen in Multiverse and Mattis through the idea of tearing uh, realities apart. And I feel like that concept is going to be explored. Uh, Multiverse, like Multiverse of Madness, is going to be an insane movie. 
I don't think you need anybody else to. to I you could probably figure that out yourself with the if even if it weren't titled Multiverse of Madness, and if it were just called Doctor Strange Two, with the inclusion of Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange in the same movie, you know it's going to be insane. With the inclusion of the Multiverse of Madness title, then you know that it's going to take a second level further and actually not even second level multiple levels further and it's just going to be absolutely bonkers and as i've said before i'm re- i'm really really looking forward to it and episode 4 definitely re- has risen my anticipation levels given the fact that you know it involves doctor strange uh it, it ties into the, what is shows what happens when uh, a reality starts to crumble and you know stuff like that and it shows uh, what happens when somebody can be driven to madness so I definitely thought it had shades of what's to come in multiverse madness so yeah I just I loved it for many reasons are uh, included in that one and uh, yeah I'm looking forward to the next episode which by the way I forgot to mention uh, it is going to be. I they released a promo for it today. It is going to be the zombie one. Uh, the zombie one is going to take place that this coming Wednesday. So, are you excited for that one, Jared? Yeah, I heard about that. I'm super, super excited for that. You talked about that in the preview we did of What If, and so I'm really hyped for it. I think that a Marvel zombies would be amazing. I think we're just going to get to see a lot of creative stuff come out of marvel in general as as you just said you put the words right into my mouth i'm like really looking forward to it it's one of my most anticipated episodes and uh yeah uh we are going to continue the two episode uh two episodes of what if uh per uh per episode of the podcast of the galaxy here so we are going to take a little break at what if next week uh, because Jared, uh, we gotta get ready to start reviewing Shang Chi, uh, a movie we already watched and a movie we absolutely have many many thoughts about. So uh, that's coming next week. I uh, hope you are excited for that. And uh, yeah, just to give the listeners a quick hint, uh, you are you are definitely gonna like uh, next week's podcast. There is a there there might be some special stuff going on. It's gonna be a great it's gonna be a great episode of the podcast of galaxy with reviewing uh shang chi and the legend of ten rings because we both certainly thought the movie was great and we'll have some more uh insight on on it next week so jared uh any other final words to close the episode now just look forward to next week's podcast because it's going to be a good one yeah so that's that's a wrap for today guys and uh thank you for listening uh, I hope you are excited for uh, next week's episode of What If, the zombie one, and uh, we will continue to cover uh, more projects here in the MCO. So that's a wrap. Have a good night, everybody.